Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, welcome to another great edition of Off the Rails Radio with your host, Tom Wing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Off the Rails Radio. It's once again, it's great to be back. Uh, terrific response to our first show back last week uh, with my brother Michael Wing. We had some good numbers. And I only want to see them grow. Um, real quick, I want to get a couple things out of the way. Um, as most of you know, because a lot of my friends listen to this, uh, I've been going through some personal tragedy here lately with my grandfather and all. Um, I do want to let everybody know that he is getting transported to Lexington, to Central Baptist Hospital. Um, he is still on a ventilator. And uh, they're looking to get him back and up and running. Um no official word yet on what outside of his ammonia being high on what is wrong with him. But I hope to have an update for everybody by next week, or better yet, I hope to have him home back home by next week. So with that being said, um, again, thank everybody for coming on tonight's episode. It's our 24th episode. Uh, we're going to cover, cover a couple different things. We're going to cover the infamous Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor fight from last Saturday. And then after the, our first break, um, I've got Ryan Douglas is going to be on the line with us. We're going to be talking about his time as a volunteer fireman. Uh, He's going to share his stories about his training, about some calls he's been on and what all that entails. Uh, We're going to open the phone lines up, take some questions, uh, comments, whatever. There is a chat room up on if you want to, if you are on blog talk radio, you can go on there, talk some amongst yourselves, ask questions on there that I'll ask Ryan on the air. Um, Real quick, I want to get my sponsors out of the way. Right now, I am wearing a nice black with gray lettering Collar X Elbow t-shirt. You can go on collar, collarandelbow.com, elbowbrand.com. You could buy some of the awesome shirts they've got on there. Use the promo code WING with capital letters and save 10% off your entire order. We are an officially licensed, officially sponsored podcast of Collar and Elbow. Um, they're a great brand. They support this podcast and help me by he- help them out by helping me out. Uh, go on there and use the promo code Wing, save ten percent off your order, and help me keep help me keep this podcast going. That being said, all right, so we are about to dive into our first contest now. Ryan and Michael, are you guys both on the air with us? Yes, yes, sir. All right, so I'm going to start with Michael. What did you think about the fight last Saturday night? I enjoyed it. I went into the fight wanting Connor to win because I've, I've been a Connor fan for the last three years. But you know, being realistic about it, I didn't. Th- I, if they would went to distance, I didn't think Connor was going to win because he's not used to going twelve rounds. So I wasn't shocked or bummed when he got beat because I kind of expected it. But he he did put on a good fight for a guy who's never Your boxed. Your has been forwarded especially. to an automatic voice message system. Yeah. Six, zero, six. Now, I don't know what happened. I just lost Ryan. 
Um, I don't know if that was me or him. I'm trying to call him back. Um, now, crap. Sorry, fellas. This is live radio, everybody. Um, I hope to get him back on the air here soon. That being said, I don't know if you can hear him ringing or not, but I'm trying to get him back on with us. Uh, there he is. Sorry I'm back. Ryan. I'm, I don't know if that was you <laughs> or me. <laughs> um, now, you're very... You're very anti Conor McGregor, just in knowing you. What did you think about the fight? Uh, I was a little disappointed, uh, to be honest. And, you know, I did want Mayweather to win, but I thought it being the two guys, how good of fighters both people were, that it was going to be a lot more harder hot punches than what there was. And it, to me, it just didn't seem to live up to the hype. I mean, I thought it was a decent fight. I was, I too was wanting McGregor to win, but at the same time, I was like Chris. I, I was like, if it happens, awesome. We'll talk a lot of crap on at work on Monday. But if not, you know, you know, McGregor can McGregor can say he went toe to toe with the world's best boxer at 49 and 0, and I thought he did well considering. He did get gassed, I think, in the later rounds. But what a lot of people don't want to realize, because they keep saying, ooh, well, Floyd Mayweather beat a guy that's never boxed a day in his life. Um, well, he started out as a boxer. He never went professional. And then in MMA, he was known for his striking. Now, like Chris said, he wasn't really a he wasn't really designed to go that long, because most of his fights end in the couple, first couple rounds. So you're looking at 10 minutes at tops. Um, now they stopped the fight at, at, in the 10th round as a technical knockout. Chris, do you think they, or Michael, I'm sorry, um, which I explained to everybody that's in our, it's in our archives from last week. Um, I explained to everybody why you'll hear me say Michael Chris, because I'm used to calling him Chris, but, um, Michael, did you believe that they stopped the fight too soon? Yes. I, that, I think they should have let Con, even Connor said it. He, they should have let him fall to the ground. If that was where he was going to go, that should have where he should have went. But they stopped it too early. It makes me want to question if maybe Dana told them to protect Connor somewhat if it went to that route to stop it so it wouldn't happen. But, you know, that's all speculation. No one can prove anything. You know, it's one of those no one will know yeah. probably until 20 years from now. So right. I think they Brian, did. Ryan, what do you think? Oh yeah, I I agree. I was I was kind of confused on why they stopped the fight anyway because I didn't really see the point in it. Mm-hmm. Now, Mayweather has said that this is his last fight, and a lot of McGregor fans, present company excluded, want to see Mayweather step into the octagon with McGregor. Chris, why would this be the dumbest move ever? Because Floyd would get absolutely destroyed. I mean, it, it it's just, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Floyd's not, you know, MMA is not boxing, just like boxing is not MMA. Connor would absolutely just kill him. I mean, it's just from the, you know, I don't know just from any strike, you know, because you could tell, like, when during the boxing match, Connor was, you know, 
when Floyd would turn, Connor wanted to grab him and just start wailing on him, and but he couldn't, you know, because not legal. So, yeah, I, it, it just would be stupid, and it's, it makes no sense for Floyd to put himself in that position, right. even though he did say he ran the octagon. Now, what do you think, yeah. Ryan? Uh, yeah, I agree. It wouldn't make no point. Because, I mean, he would he would kill Mayweather in the octagon. But to be fair, Mayweather's not the one that comes and says, I'll take you in your ring and I'll knock you out in yeah. four rounds. True. And to be fair, um, Connor has never mentioned about mentioned a, a peep about Floyd coming to the octagon. That's just been, you know, Insight from Conor McGregor fans, and admittedly, they're kind of salty McGregor lost. And so they want to justify it by saying, well, Mayweather can't be the best until he gets in the octagon. It was never, the octagon was never a possibility. And a lot of people just need to well, understand that. You know, it, it don't, it's not good business for Mayweather, even though he's done. And it's not going to be good business for McGregor. So Mayweather can go retire with his millions of dollars. And Floyd Mayweather, he has his millions of dollars, but now he can get back to what we want to see him do, and that's defend his light heavy or lightweight championship whenever he's able. But I did read today that um, he has a medical suspension. I don't know how long it lasts for, but I know it's quite a while. So, you know, it's going to, it breaks mine and Chris's heart, and but it's going to be a while before we see McGregor in an octagon because he has to pass that inspection. It's all right. Check out Cody, No Love, DeBrant. Yeah. He's legit, too. <laughs> He's my second fighter. Now, we've went about 10 minutes. Um, so, I think I, we've pretty much said all we can say about McGregor Mayweather. I know I was planning on going a little longer, but we kind of knocked out the basics. So, um, Chris is going to exit stage left. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. And then we're going to um, come back and begin the main part of this podcast about the life and times of a volunteer firefighter. I want to thank Chris for coming on the air and discussing this with us. And I'll more than likely I'll have you on again at a future time. All right. Thank you. All right. No problem, buddy. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Right, see you. Listen in. <laughs> I will. <laughs> All, right. All right. Oh, well, I kind of cut him off as he was getting ready to talk. <laughs> but uh, we're going to go into our first, uh, first intermission. The song And the first break is Metallica's Dream No More.
Metallica with Dream No More off their Hardwired to Self-Destruct album. Um, again, before we go get to our main topic of the night, once again, I want to plug the sponsor for Off the Rails Radio. That is the Collar and Elbow Wrestling brand. Um, if you need a shirt, go on collarandelbowbrand.com. You can buy your shirts. Use promo code WING, save 10% off your entire order, and show some love to the podcast. Um, now, we have on the air Ryan Douglas. Uh, he is a volunteer firefighter out of Stanford, Kentucky. He's been doing it for quite a while. How many years have you been a, a firefighter? In October, it'll make six years. Six years? Now, what made you want to be a firefighter? Uh, I had a older cousin. He for the fire department in Stanford for a good majority of his life and he had gotten a job at Danville and he just he'd always talk to me about it and it piqued my interest and after I graduated high school I kind of got into it alright uh, now explain to me how long did your training last for um, it started out you know once you get on of course we we train Tuesday night every week, and uh, what they have you do when you first get on is you got to go through a whole week of 20-hour recruit class before you can actually start to do anything on calls. Then it just goes from there. You rack up hours and take certain classes that you need. To First, you'll get your 150-hour certification, and then it goes to 400-hour, and then you just kind of keep up your training to keep your certification every other year. Okay. Now, circle back. You said 20 hours. Now, was that just 20 hours total or 20 I mean, I, I know this probably sounds unrealistic, but I just want to be sure for all my listeners out there that, you know, may hit us up. So he's got to do 20 hours a day. So was it just 20 hours total or 20 hours a day? 20 hours total. They'll hug. Once we get enough new people, they'll schedule out Monday through Friday classes at night uh, that you can attend, and that'll help you get your – 20-hour recruit certifications where you can start actually doing stuff on calls. Okay. Now, like with now, was there any kind of on the like not so much on the job training like where they would stage a burning house and here's what you've got to do or something like that? Was there any training like that involved? Uh, not really. It was mostly classroom parts on the recruit end, but I mean we do. We do do simulations where we'll go to one of our stations and we have a little fog machine. We'll smoke the rooms up and put you on air and let you go in and try to find the dummy. Um, and if we can get the clear, um, if we find like an old abandoned house that somebody's willing to donate and we have somebody come in and inspect for asbestos and all that good stuff, and everything checks out, they actually let us burn it and train on that. Okay. Now, you, most people that know me know I'm a big stocky guy. You are not so much. How heavy is all that equipment on your back? Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty heavy. You know, it's, you got your body weight and then all, if you're in full gear with hose line and a tool, you're looking at a good extra 75 pounds. And then once you, once you, It looks like I've lost him. Hold on one second. Let me call him back. Um, I want to apologize to everybody out there. It occasionally happens. It's 
live radio. I don't know if you can hear him, hear me dialing him. Hello. I think I lost you again. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know if that, I think that might have been me. If it was, I am very sorry. Now, um, we was talking about the weight on your back. Uh, has there ever been a stop where the weight on your back prevented you from doing something? Uh, you know, not really, because you don't really think about it. You know, you got your adrenaline going, and you kind of focused on the job at hand. And, you know, when me and a few of the other guys get inside there, you know, we we try to keep our mind, uh, you know, off of what's going on and the pressure and the all the weight and everything. So we try to joke around and distract each other what we can, you know, but still yeah. stay professional. Yeah. Now, do you still remember your first call? Yeah, uh, I was. It was another one of my friends. We I stayed at his house. He was on the fire department too. We joined about the same time and. There was a house fire down the road from his house, and that was actually our first call. It was, it was interesting. Was it, was it a difficult call or just a normal run-of-the-mill house? On no, the it was your regular run-of-the-mill. guy was going to the grocery store, and uh, some electrical short in the wall sparked the fire. Okay. Now, what are your average calls? that you normally get? Because I know every call, even though you're a firefighter, every call is not about a fire, I'm assuming, correct? Correct. Um, most of the time, it's people see a big bunch of black smoke, and we go out and look, and we don't find anything. And uh, It's just most of the time, a lot of the people burning trash or burning stuff they're not supposed to that we get caught. Occasionally, uh, with having two major highways running through the county we get a lot of fender benders stuff along those lines have you ever had have you ever personally had to use the jaws of life uh me no i have used them in training scenarios but i haven't actually used them on scene uh i usually once I get to an accident that revolves extrication uh, my chief is very very good at that so I usually let stabilize the vehicle for him and just help get everything ready for him. Because, uh, I mean, that's, that's what he's focused on most of his career, and he's really good at it. Nice. How many people is in your, um, God, is it called, is it a unit? Or how? Uh, we, go by, we go by stations. Uh, we have seven in the county. I believe my station has right around, Maybe twenty-seven, twenty-eight people. That's a lot. I just, I just, yeah. I knew that you had a few, but I didn't think it would be that many. Yeah, there's a lot of stations out there that's hurting. It only has like two people, and a lot of the times those people are at work and they don't get to come out. So. Wow. So I figured it would kind of be like you know where we work at Renner Center, we have seven stores in our district. If a store is shorthanded. You know, our, the person, the main person, which I would assume would be your chief, I say our chief would send people from different stations or stores to help out. Do they do that with the, the stations that you're talking about that has only like two or three people? Yes, because uh, one of them's actually uh, next to my district, so we we're automatic response with them. I know there's a 
another station that has another station that's automatic response with them because they're hurting on manpower right now. And usually if it's during the daytime and everybody's at work, not a lot of people respond. What our dispatch center will do is they'll drop what they call an all call to where everybody in the county will start to come. Ah, okay. Now, not ha- now if, with not having like a lot of, um, only having two or three people, would that, because I don't, I don't know how exactly, you know, fire stations work, but like, could that lead to a closure if they can't seem to recruit anybody new? Um, I've heard that because most of the time, what will happen is we'll get, we'll get a bunch of new people on. They'll go through all the steps and all that, and then they, they find them a pretty decent job that they like. They stay at the job and they get caught up with work and family and don't have time and end up just fading out. Now, with your training, have you ever ran into a new recruit that thinks, oh, this is going to be the greatest thing ever, it's going to be easy, and then they come in and it pretty much kicks them in the ass and they realize, whew, not every every joke can do this. Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen some guys that come in and thought that they could do it and not be as good as you expect, you know, looking at their body and their, because I've seen some, even some athletic guys come in. And, uh, when I took, I've took a physical test for Danville trying to get hired on there. And I've seen a guy that he said he ran three or four miles a day and he was a bodybuilder. And I mean, that physical test wore him out. And he said that he didn't want the job because he, he there's no way he could do that. Well it's, well, it's kind of similar to the, our previous topic of Mayweather versus McGregor. You know, May, McGregor looks like a, you know, like a, a brick shit house, and then he, uh, yeah, he gets in that fight, and after about twenty minutes, he's gassed. And you right. look at and he looks like not even. <laughs> um, now, have you on the flip side of that? Have you ever seen a new recruit that you're just like? You look at the guy and you're just like, "There's no way this dude's going to make it." And yeah, we, you know, awesome. we, we got a guy. He joined uh, one of our stations, and he does a lot with where it's the station we automatic response with. So he hangs out at our station a lot, and uh, he's a he's a pretty big guy. We call him Godzilla, and uh, I did. When he came in, I was like, oh, man, you know, this guy's going to – I don't think he's going to cut it out because, I mean, he didn't – He didn't. I heard he had struggled with some things, and I was kind of worried, and we was doing a training scenario of uh, search and rescue. We had our bay fogged out, and we had one of our firemen hiding under the, one of the trucks, and uh, he found him, and he grabbed him by himself and packed him out, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's the guy I want going in with me. Nice. Yeah, because, I mean, you'll see that a lot. You'll look at a guy, and he's just like, well, me with wrestling, I'll I'll show up to a show, and they're doing training before the show, and I'm just looking at one of the trainees, and I'm just like, like, is he drunk? <laughs> Thinking he can do this? <laughs> and then he turns out to be a pretty good hand because he pays attention, he can learn it, and he can handle it. Um, now, going into some of your calls, uh, now, where we, we work at the same place, me and you had some time in one of our in our vehicles where we talked – you know, especially when you first started with Rent-A-Center, we talked to you know, about, hey, you know, I was just general questioning you. Uh, there's a show me and you both like, Rescue Me. 
Now, Alan, yes. I've asked you this question in person, but I'm going to ask you it again on the air. Outside of the, the drama in Tommy Gavin's life, as far as the firefighting element, is that show pretty accurate to how the firefighters are? Yeah, um, it's it's pretty close. Uh, like I talked, Matt Stray asked me the question, same question the other day. Um, he's, you know, he said, uh, Chicago Fire, is it any, how close is that? And I was like, well, you know, I said, they do some things accurate, but I said, if you want a good, close show, watch it. I mean, it's, it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was a show my brother, who was just on the air with us, he turned it turned me on to it and I think he bought me the first two seasons um, and I watched it and I was immediately hooked um, because they they to me they strive and I think even think they say this in commentary they strive to be very authentic it's like I'm watching a show now called Blue Bloods um, that is really good and they on some of the special features they talk about how you know, they got a guy that's a former, you know, NYPD detective and is showing like little things like when you see Danny Reagan come around the corner with a gun, he does not have his finger on the trigger. And it's just like the little things like that are the more authentic things. And, yeah, my uh, wife used to get mad at me watching Chicago Fire because I would throw a fit about, hey, they're not doing that right. And she'd say, well, it's a TV show. <laughs> Now, we're, we're going to get into some of the the bigger topics. Um, what was one call that you guys we're going to we're going to go the spectrum? We're going to go from the most easiest to the, the most hard and heart, heart gut wrenching. What is one call that you got pulled out on, and you got there, and you're like, "Why am I even here?" Um, let me try to think of a good one for you. If okay. Uh, that's cool too. All right. Uh, there was a. Uh, he was working a wreck, and uh, this drunk guy had wrecked into someone's front yard. And well, in the process of that one, we get called out to a vehicle versus a tractor with confirmed entrapment. So, of course, we all go as fast as we can, blazing to these people. And, well, we get there and see the tractor sitting in the road in the car, and it didn't look like they had hit at all. And we run up to the woman's car, and she was freaking out. I guess she had just gotten scared, and all that had happened was her mirror had swapped uh, with the tire, and it messed her mirror up. And that's, that's kind of like, why? Where does the dispatch center get their information from? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, now... Do you have any other easy calls like that that they're just, like, too stupid to believe? Uh, that's that's probably the best one I've got because most of them are peop- – neighbors will get mad at each other. Uh, the neighbor will be burning some sticks in the backyard for, you know, having a little hot dog thing with their kids, and the neighbor be mad at them over stuff in the past and call in and say they're having an illegal burn, and we get out there and it turns out to be nothing. Nothing. Now, I'm going to go with the cliche. Have you ever been called to get somebody's cat out of a tree? <laughs> I figured you were going to ask me that one. No, I have not, but last summer um, I heard that come across the radio, and I didn't believe it when I heard it. But my chief confirmed it. He said, sure enough, 
he went out and got some waste cat out of a tree. Wow. I was totally expecting you to just, you know, just kind of crap all over. It's like, no, I've never seen a call like that. But all right. Now, what are some of the calls? And if you have more than one, like I said, it's you can do more than one story. Um, uh, calls that you you get out there and you, you see what's going on and you can't believe your eyes that you're seeing it. It's like act of God type of stuff. Similar to, I don't know, uh-huh. if you on the news, the lady whose car was literally suspended on at an angle in the air. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, I've uh, I've worked some really... There's been wrecks that I've seen that the cars are just folded and smushed up. And uh, One, for a good example, a few months ago, I uh, got called out to a four-vehicle accident. Uh, on the way to it, dispatch gets back on the radio and notifies us that one person might be dead on arrival in the vehicle. Uh, so I get there, the whole, the trunk of the car, it was a four-door car, the trunk was touching the front seat of the vehicle, and I'm trying to look in and see if I can find anybody, and they's like, well, everybody's out. And then I said, okay, is the person in the back seat okay? And they said, yeah, she's standing over there with just a little scratch on her knee. And, I mean, I, I'm all the time seeing wrecks where, the cars were mangled and you think that oh my god somebody's dead in there and then they just standing on the side of the road perfectly fine wow yeah because i remember one time me and you were actually with rena center we was on our way out from stanford to going towards houstonville and we seen there was just a really bad storm and it was a, i remember it was a white suv and pretty much it got pancaked by a tree and i was just like wow i had never seen nothing like that before and he was like, yeah, I see that a lot. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, look at you acting like this is something every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Now, I know you've got a couple of these because me and you have talked personally about a couple of these, but some of your more heart-wrenching stories and that made you just question everything. Okay, yeah, um, I've got two off the top of my head that's really, two that's bothered me the most, uh, I'll start with, first one happened around, almost about a year ago, I think it was a little over a year, Um, I just got back from training one night, Uh, me and my wife were watching TV, and uh, of course at the time we were staying at her mom's house, and the people lived next door to her, uh, drug heads and they're all the time arguing and fighting so we heard a bunch of screaming outside and we didn't think nothing of it we just thought that the neighbors were fighting again so we just continued to watch our tv and then i remember courtney's mom come running in the bedroom and she said tell ryan to go outside because courtney's brother had hung himself so i run outside i got my radio out of the truck and it started Started yelling at the dispatch center, uh, found out where he was at, walked into the garage, seen him there, and I realized it was too late to do anything. And I think what bothered me the most about it is, you know, he he had battled addiction a lot, and he was, he was trying to get things back together, and me and Courtney had been trying to help him that week and be more involved with him because he came to stay down there and 
just knowing that I had to go out and tell her dad and that his son didn't make it. That's, that's what really got to me on that one. Yeah. Um, but the one that really almost done me in, uh, cause I had never worked anything bad with kids. Uh, I have two kids myself. Memorial day. We had the, uh, the accident where a camper had came loose, hit a vehicle head on it, killed the driver. Uh, there was two kids in the back seat when my vehicle got there, uh, when me and my crew jumped out, you know, the toddler that was in the rough ship, the rougher shape was, they had him lay down on the side of the road by the ambulance working on him. Uh, I seen the other kid in the back of the ambulance. He looked like he was fine. And then I went to start cause we were still under the assumption that the guy driving the car was alive. So we was going to try to get him out. And then once we seen that he was DOA, I was, I was trying to figure out about the younger infant. And I've sadly learned a few days later that he passed away from his injuries. That's the one that, uh, that really almost done me in there. Almost made you quit being a firefighter. Yes. Wow. That's, I want to say that was a mutual friend of ours as well. He was related to them. I think my thinking, uh, right? yeah. thinking of another one. Yeah. And I, I mean, my hats are off to him. He's a, what she works EMS is a full-time job. He's also a volunteer fireman, but he's good at what he does. He, he holds his composure in it. He actually worked that accident. And when I found that out, you know, I was like, man, I, I don't see how you're doing it. If that was my family, I would have been, I would have lost it. Right. I mean, it's like with, yeah, I couldn't do that. I mean, it was hard enough yesterday. My grandfather is still alive but with his condition yesterday. Uh, it was very hard for me to work yesterday and because it's like I, I even told our I even told our store manager and our credit manager uh, I just I don't I was like I'm this my mind's not here and I, I made it through uh, by the grace of God and I mean it's just going through things like that where you see such loss or the potential for loss it can't be easy on you and you got to think that some of that strips, strips a bit of you away yeah I've worked I mean, don't get me wrong, I've worked several fatalities, and I've always been trained by the guys, and, you know, they're like, hey, you got to keep your mind off of it, you can't let it bother you, and I I felt like I've done pretty good with that up until that point. Uh, Just after that, I had to take a break for a while, and I've just recently started getting back into training and responding to what calls I can when I'm off work, and I'm starting to get back into it more than what I used to be. Yeah, because I know there for a while you hadn't talked about it for a good bit. Because usually you was always talking about fire, firefighting, fire training, and and I kind of figured that because you know you see something like that and you see such loss, it's just you know it's like I need a break. You know, if you want me to keep doing this, I need a break. And and man, I'm just you know I got to say that with your story and everything. Uh, which we've kind of sped through it, um, but we've hit the high points. And, uh, now, has there ever been a situation outside of seeing a child die that just made you want to walk away, or was that the only instance? Uh, that was the only instance. Uh, it just, I think I, I wasn't 
mentally prepared for an incident like that and it just all hit me at once you know because i the the way that i look at it is because i mean i beat myself up on that i was like you know what if we would have got there a little bit quicker um if would there have been something i could done but you know like like a lot of the guys have told me it's we've done all we can do you know it's out of our hands and i mean that's what it boils down to you can only do so much and now is there we're getting ready to take our next break and then we're going to field some calls but before we do that if there's anybody out there that's listening within within the sound of our voices that is thinking about becoming a firefighter what would be your advice to them uh just if you if you think you're mentally prepared for some of the things uh if you like being outdoors you like the heat uh you're not claustrophobic if you're claustrophobic definitely no because once you put that mask on you'll freak out but i love it i wouldn't trade nothing for it uh so it's definitely something if 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 that's your passion that's something you want to do it's definitely worth seeking out oh yeah yeah if you like that adrenaline rush too yeah Okay. All right. So what, what we're going to do is we're going to take our, our final break. Um, when we come back, we're going to open up the phone lines. Uh, I'm going to post it on Facebook and Twitter, our fo- the phone number for the call-in. But if you want to c- go ahead and call in and get queued up while the, while the next song is playing, the number is 646-716-4264. Uh, if you want to call in, don't be afraid to. We accept any and all call-ins. Um, ask Ryan, oops, sorry, I don't know if anybody heard that or not, but ask Ryan anything you would like to ask him. Uh, if you have any questions for me, feel free. Again, the number is 646-716-4264. All right, so up next is the song, is uh, the band Seether. It's a song called Words as Weapons.
All right, that was Cedar with words as weapons. Um, going to get a couple things out of the way real quick before we bring Brian back on the line and start taking phone calls. Um, once again, our sponsor, Collar and Elbow Wrestling Brand. You can go on collarandelbowwrestlingbrand.com, use the promo code WING, uh, W-I-N-G, save 10% off of, you, off of your entire order, help out this show, keep us on the air, and put a, and put a and put a good quality T-shirt on your back. Um, next week for the 25th episode of Off the Rails Radio, I've, on September 6th at 7 p.m., Kelly Boston is going to join Off the Rails Radio to discuss it to discuss his struggle with addiction. Kelly will navigate us on his personal journey through the self-destruction that is addiction and how he turned his life around and became a vital part of the Isaiah House Treatment Center. Kelly is living proof that the light at the end of the tunnel can be glorious. Tune in to hear the inspiring story next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Um, all right, Ryan, are you ready to make take some phone calls from our wonderful listeners? Yes, sir. All right, if anybody has any questions for Ryan about his days as a firefighter, any questions for me, got a statement about the Mayweather-McGregor fight, don't feel or feel free to call in. The number is 646-716-4264. I will post it on there, and you can ask any question you you so please. Um, So, Ryan, while we're waiting for somebody to call in, have you enjoyed your time on Off the Rails Radio tonight? Oh, yeah, it's been a blast. Nice. Um, Was you... Now, my brother, when he the first time he came on the show, he was really nervous. And did you have the same issue? I was a little bit at first, and then I was like, "Well, just talk to him like I'm talking to you at work." So yeah, yeah, it's just it's a conversation. I mean, that's really all it is. Uh, I, I do I do my interviews off the fly. I feed off of what you tell me and while you're talking, I will listen for what you're talking about to move to my next question. And it's like I told you, you know, during the break, you know, the show's not going to be as long as, you know, initially thought, but that's okay. We got your story out there. You know, we got some good stories. We got some funny stories. And, I mean, that's all we can ask for. Uh, I do definitely appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate you having me. No problem, man. Uh, again, if you want to make a phone, you want to call in, the number is area code 646-716-4264. Uh, Ryan, are you going to gonna check out that collar and elbow that I've been plugging so hard? Yeah, I was actually looking at it today uh, whenever I had left from work. And I, it's got some nice stuff on there. Yeah, man. Buy you, buy you a T-shirt, man. I got this this. Nice black shirt with with the gray gray lettering with the collar elbow with the line through it. I mean, it's just it's a nice shirt. It doesn't feel like it smothers you or anything. I, I greatly I love it. I'm glad that I was able to find get them as a sponsor because I see them sponsoring so many of my wrestling brothers and sisters. All right. So far, the switchboard is not lighting up, which 
it's it, I can't. It's not because of you, Ryan. I mean, sometimes we get calls, sometimes we don't. Which yeah, if we don't, that's okay too. Uh, but for anybody out there that are that are thinking about calling in, don't be scared. Oh, we have a winner. All right, eight five three three. You are on the air. How's it going, Tom? How's it going, buddy? How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Pretty good, man. You got any questions for Ryan? Uh, I just wanted to call and say thank you for your service for being a firefighter. Oh, no problem. Uh, man, I love what I do, and I love helping the public. So what do you – for those that don't know, this is longtime listener, longtime caller, Andrew Browning. Uh, he's a huge, huge wrestling fan. Uh, are you, have you been watching any here lately? Yeah, I've been, I'm watching NXT right now, so. Nice. I think that's what you was doing last week. Did you check out that yeah. big interview between uh, John Cena and Roman Reigns for Monday night? Yeah, well, I was over at a friend's house that night when uh, when I was doing it, during it, and I was like, oh, man, that was yeah. that was crazy. Yes, it was, man. All right, man. And, um. Sorry, that was my dog. He heard something he didn't want to hear, and he went off. Um, and Andrew, do you got any uh, black football games or anything like that planned out? Because I know you do a lot of that and a lot of bowling. Um, well, I just got done with softball not too long ago, and our team didn't make it to state. So. Oh man, I hate to hear that. Yeah, we were at the regional softball tournament. We were down by four. We came back and still lost by one. Man, well, you put in the effort, man, and I and just keep at it, man. There's always next year. Trust me, yeah. I know how it feels. My Bengals in the NFL, they do good to get to the playoffs, and then they choke. So, I'm not saying you choked, but man, there's always next year. Just don't ever give up and keep trying, brother. Thank you. And can I say one more thing? Sure, can, man. Can I talk about the PTW show coming up coming up this Sunday night? Sure, go ahead. This Sunday, September third is the Ann Kelly Memorial Show this Sunday night in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And uh, if Michael Cornett, if you're listening, you are going to lose this Sunday. If you lose, you leave forever for PTW. All right. That's I'm hoping King Hustle that, takes him out. I hope so. Because <laughs> if somehow Gordon wins, he gets control of PTW. Okay. All right. Well, we shall see, man. What time does the show start on Sunday, in case if any of my listeners are wanting to go check it out in Georgetown? Um, doors over to 6, bell time 6.30. All right, man. Then you heard that here, folks, this coming weekend at Primetime Wrestling, the Ann Kelly Memorial Show. The main event is a boxing match where it's Michael J. Cornette versus King Hustle. If King Hustle wins, Michael J. Cornette is gone forever. But if if Michael J. Cornette wins, he gets to take control of PTW. Everybody be Uh, sure to go check it out. It is a great promotion. 
stacked with great talent and are doing great things for the world of independent wrestling. Um, all right, man. I appreciate you calling in, Andrew. All right. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, buddy. All right. All right, that was Andrew Browning. My, uh, really good dude, man. Really good dude. He used to, he he. I used to be one of his favorite wrestlers when I wrestled in Georgetown under a different promotion, and he's a. It's always good to see him in a show because he he greatly enjoys what we do, and he respects it. All right, so we've got plenty of time for some more callers. The call the the call in number six four six seven one six. Four two six four. What are you waiting on? Don't be afraid to call. We accept any and all calls. Ask Ryan anything you would like to. If you have any wrestling questions for me, you can feel free to ask away. Nothing is off off limits. All right. Well, Ryan, I guess gonna give it a couple more a couple more minutes and i guess we're gonna wrap it up man uh i do want to say, say it was great having you on today i wish we'd have got a little bit more callers than we did i knew there was a couple people that said they were going to call but i guess they just chickened out uh <laughs> that's gonna give me some heat tomorrow but uh <laughs> but uh it's all good though and no and oh man I even pushed the show back for one of them so he could listen in. Um, <laughs> Justin, we love you. Even though sometimes we want to kill you, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, so, man, Ryan, I want to thank you for calling in today, man, and sharing your story with us. Uh, you never know. Yep. I'll have you back on, on in the future. All right. Thank you, Tom. All right, man. I'll see you later, buddy. All right. See ya. All right, that was Ryan Douglas, and I just again I want to thank everybody that tuned in tonight that even that may have not have tuned in tonight, but downloaded us later on. Next week we've got Kelly Boston on the air, going to share his personal struggle and triumph over addiction, and then after that we should have some more guests lined up. As closer we get, I'll announce. Uh, everybody, you've been listening to Off the Rails Radio. I know I've got a great intro, but I have no outro. I promise to get one of those in the future that can play me out. But we're going to play one more time Words as Weapons. And thank you, everybody, and stay safe. Dead eyes, not anything.